Good morning, everyone. We're um, having a look at Psalm 19 today. Before we do, let's ask the Lord's blessing on his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and just pray that you would uh, find a place for that in our hearts. Lord, show us where you would have it belong and fit it there for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, Psalm 19. I'd like to begin Psalm 19 at the uh, beginning of Psalm 18, because that's where it actually this whole thing uh, began, and just to give us a little bit of foundation in it, and a little bit of a highlight as to where David was in his life. It's so important to know where David was uh, as we read his biography, if you, if you will, of all that he'd been through, because it points out where God was um, and where David was headed. Anyway, so this is to uh, Psalm 18, is a Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I trust. My shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Saul has tried to kill David numerous times in his life, had tried to. And you can find this, if you want to look it up for yourself, in 1 Samuel 18, verse 7, all the way to chapter 31 of Samuel 18. He didn't let up. So here we are in Psalm 19, now that Saul is out of the picture, and uh, I, I want to read to you. Actually, let me read Psalm 109, some various verses uh, to start with, just to show you the frame of mind that David was in before the Lord had uh, delivered him. But that didn't mean the Lord wasn't at work, it just mean he was working through adversity, which David uh, couldn't understand as being from God. Uh, to this extent that he was going through. So Psalm 109, just a few select verses. Uh, this is called an imprecatory psalm, and this is a psalm that's not asking for blessing, it's asking for just the opposite. And verse 3, They have also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. And David says, Set a wicked man over him. When he is judged, let him be found guilty. Verse 11, Let the creditor seize all that he has. And, and strangers plunder his labor. Verse 12, let there be none to extend mercy to him. Verse 15, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. Verse 20, let this be the Lord's reward to my accusers and to those who speak evil against my person. So that's where David is coming from, and Psalm 19 is where he came to. Psalm 19 verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. David would have known this as a boy in the shepherd in the fields, knowing day unto day and night unto night. And here he is now out in the wilderness running from Saul, who was trying to kill him. That's where he had been. And so he says this here, and what he's saying here is that I now realize that God was with me in all of this. So there is no speech, verse 3, nor language where their voice is not heard. Their, their line has gone out through all the earth, 
and their words to the end of the world. In Romans chapter 1, verses 18 and 20, it says in there that the invisible God is seen, the invisible attributes of God are seen in all that he has created. And not that David knew about the book of Romans, but it just says when life doesn't make sense, turn to what does make sense, and it's the whole of creation. If you walk in it for a while in the forest or the flowers or whatever, God created some beautiful things, and all of that is still working just fine. But at that time, as we read Psalm 109, uh, David's life was not working well. It was all upside down. So in verse 7, he says, The law of the Lord, this is Psalm 19, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Unlike Saul, who was not perfect and uh, was only making things worse. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. See how David is turning to things that make sense because Saul was not making any sense at all. He was a madman driven by jealousy. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Saul's, Saul's statues, they moved continuously. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. So now with his eyes on God, he has a great chance of becoming not like Saul. And that's important. Who can understand his errors? So, is, um, pardon me, another verse, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Absolutely. So who can understand the errors, his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults, David is saying. This is why David was known as the apple of God's eye not because he was perfect, but because he was perfectly honest, even when he wasn't sure if he was doing right or was sure he did wrong, he would come around to being perfectly honest. God loves that. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. So Lord, if I'm assuming something that's not right, would you point it out to me, please? This is his heart toward God. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression unlike Saul, who was guilty of great transgression. Then he says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Yes, Lord, let the words of my mouth, not just not let the thoughts of my mind and what I speak be acceptable to you. Lord, make sure that when I'm speaking, you're talking. And David needs help with that. We all need help with that. He wants these to be acceptable in his sight. So, Lord, do what you need to do in me to make my words acceptable. And that's a constant. Because David's faith, just like ours, David's walk, just like ours, is ongoing. It's a journey with God. It's not a journey to God. Sometimes we get that mixed up. And our imperfections drag us down when that happens. The Lord is my strength, my strength and my redeemer. Not I am strong, not he has made me strong. No, the Lord is my strength. Without him, I am still weak. That's a good word for us these days as well. 
and my Redeemer. I'm not saving myself. I can never be good enough to be saved. I'm saved because I'm a wretch and I needed saving. So David has, at this point then, left the vengeance uh, to, you know, the, he's resisting the temptation to get even with Saul, and, and we saw what he had prayed, and I don't, I don't think this happened to him because David had prayed it, but David was praying in line with what uh, the Lord had in mind all along. You can't live the way Saul did and expect that everything's just going to blow over and you're going to be fine. Saul's life was all about himself, and when our lives are all about, our, all about ourselves, we'll pay the consequences for that. And so, it leaves me with this passage today at Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's verse 27 with it. Yes, making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when we pray, let's not get all caught up in getting the words just right. Or if somebody asks you to, to pray for them and they tell you, pray this or pray that, that's irrelevant. I would dare, I would dare to say, as David was pouring out his heart and it wasn't pretty, be honest before God in, and pray with abandon. If it's not right, he'll sort it out. He understands, he knows us. In that way, we're, we come close to him, we are vulnerable uh, before him and open to his grace and his mercy, and, and we leave all the consequences of life with God. We can come, we can open up our hearts, we can pour it all out, and he's there for us, in us, through us, and on those really bad days, in spite of us, Amen. <music>